Hey everyone, it's episode 34 of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I'm Chad Noonan. Thanks so much for joining me. If you haven't been keeping up to date with things, let me fill you in. The voting has closed. It's done. It's finished. The votes are now being tabulated for this year's class of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. They're being tabulated deep in an underground bunker underneath the CN Tower by those Ernst & Young accountants who do the Academy Awards. We got the best. We got the best tabulating the votes for the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. So stay tuned to this show. Stay tuned to our social media. The announcement of who's being inducted this year in February in Hamilton is going to come very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. I also have another big announcement today. If you've been following our social media, you already know this one, but this one is huge. The Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame is producing Derek Edwards in a special TV taping November 14th. Special guest host will be Kenny Robinson and Gilson Lubin will also be there. This is going to be an amazing show because you get two of Canada's legends of comedy in Derek Edwards. You know, he's been on Just for Laughs, multiple awards and nominations, everything. He's done everything in comedy and you're going to see him in an intimate smaller venue with the great Kenny Robinson, the godfather of comedy, and the producer, of course, of the Nubian show in Toronto. Plus, every ticket you purchase for the show November 14th to get them, go to comedybar.ca. Every ticket you purchase, you get a lifetime membership to the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame with voting rights, discounts, and more. You get a special coupon booklet worth over $200 and raffle entries to win two tickets to the Great Cup. And a special VIP package for two to the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame Festival, February 21st to 25th, 2024 in Hamilton. Uh, that draw is going to happen the day after the show on November 15th. Tickets are $28 online, 30 at the door. It's comedybar.ca to get them, the Comedy Bar in Toronto. It's going to be an amazing show. The great Derek Edwards, the great Kenny Robinson, one night only. Don't miss it. I'm glad you're here for this show because this show is also amazing. I have two incredible interviews. Eric Johnson coming up in just a bit to talk Canadian Hall Comedy Hall of Fame and his involvement and all that stuff. But first, I have the great Kevin Farley. Of course, Kevin is the brother of the legendary Chris Farley. He has over 100 TV and film appearances, including shows like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's a stand-up comic that is traveling right now. He's doing shows in Maryland, Ohio, and Iowa. Check out KevinFarleyOfficial.com to get all his tour dates. And he's in this new show that I watched. It's very good. It's on Amazon Prime. You can buy it or rent it there. It's called Grumpy Old Santa. Uh, it's just one of those good heartfelt comedies perfect movie for christmas time it's a lot of fun and kevin plays a great character we talk a lot about that we talk about his brother chris i get a great norm mcdonald story from him it was a lot of fun talking to kevin i hope you enjoy it here it is my interview with the great kevin farley on the canadian comedy hall of fame podcast uh somebody we inducted uh into the hall of fame last year was uh the great norm mcdonald um who who i know you knew um uh, and, and i'm sure you have some stories about one of them i wanted to bring up was uh after i think you opened for norm norm coming out on stage and him at, bringing you back out to wrestle <laughs> yeah i think you can still find that on the internet somebody recorded it um norm norm and i at that point i was starting stand up i, I kind of was into improv 
for a long time and I did I did Second City and all that, like my brother. And I was like, I didn't really know what a, what to think about stand up, you know. But in two thousand like ten or eleven, I think, I said to Norm, you know, hey, I'm gonna start to go to the comedy store and put together like an hour or whatever I can put together. And um well, you know, and he's like, Well, you can come and open up for me out on the road, you know. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. And we went across Canada to a bunch of casinos and this and that. Uh, and he had some big venues and I opened for him, you know, and I got to learn, you know, from the from the great Norm McDonald. Um, but it was an interesting uh, trip across Canada. And then that particular show, he had said something like, somebody yelled in the audience, hey, why don't you guys wrestle, you know? And, and I was like, you want to hear us see us wrestle? And um, I was backstage. I had done my show already. So and he's like, get out here, Kevin, get out here. So I got out there. I didn't even know what was going on. And I'm like, hey, everybody, you know, and then Norm's like, they they want us to wrestle. And I go, yeah, I know, but I'm a little too old. And I think you're a little too old. Next thing you know, Norm just lunges at me and starts to wrestle me. And he kind of hurt me, and I, 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 you know, I was like really pissed at him, and I picked him up and and body slammed him on the ground. <laughs> it's a, it's and, a very funny clip, yeah. I know. And then Norm's like, "What are you doing?" You know, and I go, "What do you mean? You, you hit me?" And he goes, "No, but they wanted us to wrestle." I go, "Yeah, but you you clobbered me across the head." <laughs> so it, it it we ended up we're still friends. I mean, we laughed about it later, but. That's just kind of the way he was, you know, he's funny. I I get so many good Norm stories on this show in Ottawa. And they talk about um, his buddies just telling him to go up on stage for the first time. And he goes up and does like 10 minutes, like kills and just literally walks off stage, walks out the back door of the club. Like he was like, that was fun. I did it once. I'm never going to do it again. And the owner had to chase him out. Into really? the parking lot and be like, "What are you doing this weekend?" Uh, yeah, oh, really? yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he he's, he's he's a man of legend. Yeah, he had such a natural uh, ability on stage that he uh, he felt, I think, comfortable. Like I don't know if he felt comfortable in life, but he felt really comfortable behind a mic, you know. And that's where he really shined. I mean, he could go on and on for like two or three hours. I've seen him do that too. You know, I've seen him take a club and just everybody's like, hey, I'm going to get going, Norm. <laughs> yeah, Norm's he just keeps going. He yeah. keeps going. It, it, but it, it's not bad stuff. It's it's good stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I can listen to Norm MacDonald, like you say, read the read the phone book, you know. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people say that, too. And it's just the way he delivered. It's the way his style was. It's like nobody else, you know. I'm glad he, he, he made wouldn't... the Hall of Fame. He did, yeah, and it's funny how he never knew how he was going to get to the punchline. He he said he would no. just kind of get there. It would it'd be different he every would time. Take a subject that you know usually people are not willing to talk about, you know, and somehow get to a, a funny premise, you know. But you, on the way there, you're like, are you really talking about this? <laughs> yeah, he didn't shy um, away from any subject. I'll tell you that. No. Uh, another guy that doesn't shy away from any subject who I think you've dealt with and maybe you have a story for um, is Tom Green. Um, yeah. did, 
did do you hang out did you hang out with tom green a lot back then he actually moved back here he doesn't live far from me maybe 20 minutes down the road um he yeah moved back to canada yep yeah, oh, he's wow. in a, a little town here in the Ottawa Valley and bought a wow. farm recently. Yeah, he did. Good for him. You know, uh, he was sort of a pioneer in this whole like uh, internet podcasting thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a, in his home a studio, and he'd invite like guests over, and they'd have a little tiny crowd there, and he had like a Tonight Show kind of thing going on there. And it was an elaborate operation. I was very impressed with what Tom had done in his in his home, you know. Um, and he would conduct shows. He did many, many shows. I don't know if he still does. He probably does, you know. I don't know. But he was a pioneer in that. And we went over there. Norm and I would go over there. Norm loved the show. Norm loved to be on Tom's show. And uh, I was on there a couple times. And, and uh no, it was an easy show, a lot of fun to do, really relaxed, you know, and that's how I got to know Tom, just doing that, you know, and hanging around in L.A. He he lived in L.A. at the time. Yeah. Tom, uh, Tom, great. Tom told the story recently when I, when I was at the club and he said uh, when he was doing that podcast and stuff, there was a new like um, video company that came out and they offered him like 10% of the company to exclusively be on their video platform. And he said, no, I'm going to do this solo because he did it all solo, put it out solo on his own website. And that company ended up becoming YouTube. Um, No way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that was, uh, he was kicking himself after after that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not all right for himself, but. He's done great. You know, I, like I said, maybe that was brave of him to just go out and do it on his own. I just knew that. Yeah, I don't think it was a small task. He, it was a hard thing to do. Like mm-hmm. he had cameras and every, I, I don't know if he did it every day, but I think a couple times a week, maybe cameras, audience, the whole nine yards in his house. So, I mean, that was pretty impressive, you know? Yeah. 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 It, it all, I, I remember watching that show. I was a big fan. It, it looked like a fun show to do. Um, very uh, fun. He was good. He was great at it also. Just really relaxed, you know. Another thing that looked fun. This this movie is super fun. I watched it. Grumpy Old Santa. It, it's one of those movies that has like a range of emotions. Like there's this painful breakup that, you know, we've all been through. Some of us, that's how we got into comedy. But then it has the comedy aspect of it. And it, it's a really well, well-rounded fun movie. Oh, I'm glad you liked it because it was a lot of fun to do. And the people that did it were really nice people. You know, you don't always get that, you know, when you're on a movie set. Um, everybody was very cool and very nice. And it was nice to do subject matter that, you know, um, wasn't so isn't so demonic or anything like that you know it was a nice message it was it was an a, just a fun nice movie to to make you know but you're right we did have some comedy and did have some heavy moments in there you know and we played it real and in in that kind of thing but we also had a lot of fun you know and so the moments that were comedy we did have a lot of fun during that time yeah it really it really has those like small town sensibilities in, in yeah. the movie and i i feel like that's what your stand-up has too a lot of times like that small town i think of the bit where your dad's taking you guys to the buffet yeah. um you know that's a small town 
type Midwestern thing. Um, and and right. it had those ideals in this movie as well. Yeah, I think that's why I really go to small towns. I'm in to- I'm in small towns a lot. I think that they can relate to a lot of my act just because um, it is sort of got a Midwestern vibe to it. Uh, and and small town, small the 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 mundane, I guess you would say. I try to find that. I try to find some humor in the mundane, you know. Yeah, I, I think you do that very well. And th- what what do you find like you you've done Canada a lot, like you said, you toured with Norm. I think you you do Calgary. What do you find the difference between the Canadian crowds and the American crowds? Do you find like Canada has more of that small town, even when you're in the big city? Yeah, I think the can Canadians are the funniest people in the world. I think that they and and I don't know if it's the weather, you know, and I think you have to stay inside and kind of use your imagination. I just think that I'm glad you guys have a Hall of Fame up there because it's filled with some of the most genius, some of the most genius comedians come out of Canada. And the audiences, they're very um they're very smart. Uh, in terms of what's a good joke and what's a bad joke. Like, mm-hmm. you can get a good idea of how funny your act is by going up to Canada just because people know comedy up there and they, they'll they know a good joke when they hear it. Yeah. And even if it's a bad joke, they, they're not too cruel about it, which is nice. They're just real um, savvy. You know, audiences are savvy in terms of uh, what's funny and what's not. But they're not cruel about it, you know. They'll just say, oh, yeah, that's a really funny joke. And they'll know it when they see it. And they're very smart. Yeah. Something that kind of surprised me doing research for this and and being a fan of your brother is your brother never really did stand up, maybe a few times early on. Um, I just assume kind of that he would be, you know, a a great stand up. But I think it was one of your other brothers that said that he he tried it and it it wasn't his thing. It was more improv. Yeah, he was better at reacting to something rather than generating. Like when they would do the improv section of Second City, Chris was never out there making scenes happen. But if a scene started, he would come in and make it funny. You know, he had that genius where, and I think in SNL, they had that too, where they'd be writing a sketch and be like, okay, we like the premise, but we, how do we get out of this, you know, and still have a button on it or something like that. And then Chris would come in and do something that you're like, he would see the problem. He's kind of like the mechanic that when they couldn't fix something, he comes in and just does it right away. And you're like, how did you know to do that? So the, he was like a problem fixer, you know, but he wasn't a generator, you know what I mean? Like, but he could fix problems when they arose. That's like just a good quality to have in a good friend, you know, somebody that can like walk in and, and, and make the room feel lighter. I think that's why he's so admired even to to this day. And, you know, the David Spades and the Sandlers talk about him, you know, all the time is qualities like that. Yeah, because if you're if you're gonna sit down and write a movie, a comedy movie, or do a comedy, you know, you're gonna create a comedy show. There's so many problems that come up. You're like, all right, this sketch doesn't work, that sketch doesn't work. And then you have this guy that just comes in and solves all these problems, and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. that's great, perfect. That's exactly what we need. 
that works. the The other wild thing that I didn't know is that he never auditioned for SNL. The rumor was that he was just kind of Lauren took him on a tour, and I actually had Lauren on the show. And I, I should, I that's the question that I would love to go back and ask him. Is it sounded like Chris was the only person that never auditioned for SNL? Oh, um, I think he went to the audition process. And okay. I, I don't I don't know if they have it even on tape. I think he probably did a few basic characters. But yeah, I knew I knew Lauren when he went and saw him at, at Second City. I think he hired him like right on the spot. And yeah. then but he didn't tell him that, you know, he let him wait the summer because Lauren likes to go to Wimbledon. I remember waiting <laughs> for Lauren to come back from Wimbledon. Did you ever hang out with Lauren at all? Another, I mean, great Canadian who's actually in the yeah. Hall of Fame as well. Oh, he should be in the Hall of Fame. I, I didn't know. I did not hang out with Lauren Michaels as much. You know, I would he would see him in the hallway, you know, but I never I never hung out with him. Uh, Chris, though, no, Chris and Lauren had a really close relationship. And, you know, I just think Lauren saw the talent right away and, and hired mm-hmm. him. But, yeah, no, I don't know. Lauren's a hard guy to <laughs> he didn't want to really hang out with me. So, <laughs> But he's a, yeah, he he's... runs the show, man. He's he's the main guy. He's a he's a very intimidating. I mean, I had a very brief interaction with him, and he's like a very instantly he's a presence, you know. Um, yeah, you know yeah. he's in the room. <laughs> Most people don't know the answer. I've had you know famous famous people, and it's it's directly um, this question is directed. It's it's you specific, and the question is: Do you know the first credit on your IMDb page? Oh boy. Um, I'm gonna say. Uh, it was maybe a an old UPN. UPN doesn't even exist anymore. UPN show called Head Over Heels. I want to say that might. Have so been I got there. UPN the Superstation. That doesn't exist anymore. I remember we used to get that in Canada. But yeah, UPN. Yeah. Um. So it was a short film called Ethos. Oh. Do you remember this? No, I don't. But my point Ethos? here is that. Ethos, a short film in 1994, um, is your first credit on there. My my point here is that nobody's IMDb page is correct. Not a single one of them. No, I don't Um, remember doing Ethos. But I might uh, have. Who who knows, right? Uh, Tommy Boy would be the next one in line. Tommy Boy, I do remember. 94, yeah. Tommy Boy, I was in. Yeah, that that was in the, yeah. Okay, so you're right. That goes before uh, Head Over Heels, yeah. Yeah, an absolute, an absolute classic. Um, yeah. my, my final question, once again, I, I just want to let people know, uh, KevinFarleyOfficial.com. That's where you, your stand-up dates. You're touring all the time. You got dates right into um, the new year there. Um, mm-hmm. And even coming close to me in, in upstate New York, which is cool. And then Grumpy Old Santa, very funny movie. It's on Prime right. Video to buy or to rent. My last question, yeah. I know you don't know who's in the Hall of Fame, who's out of the Hall of Fame. We talked about Norm MacDonald. When you think of Canadian comedy Hall of Famers, is there any other names that come to mind? Dan Aykroyd, Martin Short, mm. um, John Candy, all those SCTV guys, yeah. uh, Eugene Levy, uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara, um, and oh, uh, who was the other one on there? The lady, oh boy, I don't know. Andrea Martin? But Andrea Martin, and Tom, Dave Thomas, and Rick Moranis, all those guys. Yeah. Yeah, well, I just you know, the, uh, every one of them is a genius. Every one of them. you can still see SCTV and laugh. It's amazing. I love SCTV. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then 
uh mike myers um yeah uh who else i mean there's so many it's insane uh but those are the heavy hitters uh, dave foley um and the kids in the hall guys yeah all of them um i mean yeah you can go on and on but yeah those are the heavy hitters i think unless i'm missing somebody i don't know it it's crazy in a country as small as Canada. I mean, geography-wise, right. huge, but as small, just 30 million people. Um, the oh, the Canadian Comedy Guy. Jim Carrey. Yeah, Jim yeah. Carrey. It's, uh, okay. You know. All those names, yeah. Um, I think mean, you, you have a country that is, it produces a lot of different things, but it produces com comedians like no other country. It's truly amazing. I think a little bit is that little brother mentality. Like we're this little brother to the big USA and we're like always trying to impress our big brother. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that might have something to do with it. Well, I mean, I hope that never changes because um, it is, it's, it, it's brought the world like so much laughter. If you just, if you go through your hall of fame and just say, wow, that guy's from Canada, that guy's from Canada just these monsters of com comedic genius and and uh it it really does it really has made the world a better place that you know that production of comedians you know um thanks so much kevin for for coming on and doing this and uh being part of this very funny movie and uh yeah all the, i love your stand up as well so i appreciate it thanks again all right thanks a lot oh man that was so cool talking to Kevin Farley. I'm just a huge Chris Farley fan to so be able to ask him some questions about his brother. And of course, the Norm Macdonald story. I probably get into talk about Norm Macdonald, get into it with someone about Norm, listen to a story, tell a story every single day of my life. Every single day of my life, Norm Macdonald comes up somehow, some way, whether it's a clip on TikTok or somebody texts me something funny that they heard about Norm. I just love hearing Stories about that Canadian Comedy Hall of Famer, Norm Macdonald. And Kevin Farley had a great one about him wrestling. Uh, once again, uh, his website is kevinfarleyofficial.com for tour dates for Kevin. And check out Grumpy Old Santa. Very good movie. It's on Amazon Prime right now to buy or rent. Okay, moving on. This next guest has taken the idea of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame Festival in Hamilton. And he's put it on his back. It's Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson has been uh, a comedian for, I think, 13 years, he said now. Uh, he, he's been in TV. He's been in, in movies. He's traveled across the country. He's done Just for Laughs, The Laugh Factory in Chicago, The Comedy Store in L.A. He's done it all. And now he is part of the festival committee for the February 2024 Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame Festival in Hamilton. He is Mr. Hamilton. And we talk a lot about Hamilton, what makes Hamilton so funny. We talk about the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame, all that good stuff. He's actually going to be putting on a huge show in Hamilton in just a few in just a few days. Uh, Carmen's Live presents an evening with Eric Johnson and friends. That is November 10th. You don't want to miss that show if you're in the area. There's still some tickets available. And to get them, you just have to go to ericjohnsonwho.com. That's ericjohnsonwho.com. I hope you enjoy this interview. He's a lot of fun, super chill guy. Give it up for my main man, Eric Johnson, on the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. Talk about the parallels between 
touring stand-up comic and touring professional wrestler. Yeah, it comes up often. Uh, people, you know, what's the difference between you and uh, your dad? I go, I'm pretty much doing the same thing. I'm just not taking any of the mm -hmm. bumps. Uh, although my back is always hurting <laughs> from <laughs> driving across Canada uh, for the last 13 years. Well, 13 years as a comic, and I've probably been touring for at least the last six um so yeah I, I mean it's very sideshow comes out of the sideshow there's characters and there's craziness and there's late nights and there's long drives and and there's stories upon stories upon stories that are all similar and i'm actually i'm writing a book right now um called run with the bull three generations of sports and entertainment uh and it profiles my grandfather who was a uh like a, also a professional wrestler by the name of bull johnson out of the 50s and 60s and 70s uh, canadian wrestling and he was also the mongol for a bit and had great success in maple leaf wrestling in toronto and uh chch wrestling and then it goes into my father's story bullwhip johnson and his tours across the world and japan and and living in Trinidad and living in every state of the United States and, and his uh, big breaks, uh, Starcade 90, WCW Starcade 90, the Pat O'Connor Memorial Cup and how it was a complete shit show and uh, just an absolute botch fest because the, they put the Canadian Team Canada against uh, Olympic Russian wrestlers. Like not professional wrestlers, like shoot, shoot wrestlers, shoot Olympic wrestlers who had no idea yeah. how to tie up or how to work. They had no work. Um, so it was just an absolute mess. But we talk about that in the book, too. So I, as I what I'm saying is, is I'm learning so much about my family while doing this. I mean, I, I never met my grandfather. He died in 88 and I was born in 90. Uh, and, you know, and my, and my dad passed away, unfortunately, in 2003, and I was only 13 when that happened. So everything I've gotten is in my life uh, about my dad and my grandfather are secondhand and stories and road stories. And, you know, Ricky Johnson, who's the rock's uncle, every time I see him, he'll sit me down and tell me a story about my dad or my grandfather. And that's really what it all came to be was all these wrestling stories coming together as a book. Uh, so to answer your question is, you know, I'm out there making my own stories right now and I'm out there working the road and making friends. And, you know, some of my best friends in comedy are out in, you know, Calgary and Chris Gordon and I talk every day and him and I have road stories and Robbie Vino out on the East Coast and I have road stories. And it's just like that's what it's all about. Friends from all over North America and and traveling together, working together and, you know, late night uh, chats and drinks and the road. So it's really much the same. I just when I get to a town, I don't have to wrestle people, uh, which is nice. It's, so I'm obsessed with anything like I call it like carny lifestyle. Like that's yeah. what drew me probably to stand up is just like this kind of gringy, dirty, carny lifestyle. And it takes a certain type of person to like really draw. And I see so many open micers. I'm sure you see them come through where you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I don't know if you can cut this green room. Like, I don't know if you can handle this, yeah, this yeah. vibe. You know what I mean? That parallel pro wrestling and comedy just always fascinates me in every way. You know, I never thought about the green room that way. And I think you're right. I think it's a lot of wrestling and a lot of stand-up comedy comes down to really if you're just a good hang, you know, mm -hmm. and and uh, I know a lot of wrestlers back in the day, they were funny or they were good partiers or they were good drinkers or they got they were good at getting chicks uh, and they were allowed in the green room, allowed backstage. And I think comedy is very much the same. And it's funny the the green room is one of the last safe places we have left in this art. 
uh, and the stage as well, of course, but even the stage, people are kind of very cautious about what they say these days, whereas the green room, it's anything goes, and it's just comics yeah. saying crazy shit to try to make each other laugh. And the second that, a, you know, an open micer doesn't get it or challenges it or tries to, like, I don't know, work out a bit on us. Like, you can tell when there's, like, a, a, a green comic in the green room being, like, so that's that's what I hate about grocery stores, right, guys? And I'm, like, <laughs> oh, no, this is a bit. This is doing a bit. I don't want to yeah. hear a bit. Let's just shoot the shit. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be cool. That's what I always say. Just be cool. Just that's be all cool, you got to do. Like, just be yourself and be cool. It's that easy, you know? Yeah. And if you if you don't have anything to say, don't say it. Like, exactly. You don't need you don't to, to, you don't need to constantly chime in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's it's a, a chime-free There's always it. Uh, where did you, you get your start in comedy? Where did it begin? I, I'm just doing the math here. You were early 20s, 22-ish, yeah, I think. Yeah, so I'm, I'm 33 now. I'm 13 years in. So, yeah, I was... I was 20 and turning 21 or I had just turned 21. It was 2010. So yeah, I had just turned 20, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> it was actually in Vancouver. Uh, I was out in Vancouver going to the Vancouver Film School. And uh, Michael Moses was in my class. Michael Moses touring community. Oh, crazy. And yeah. I, He's in Ottawa uh, this weekend. Oh, great. Just a little great. where He's, where I live. Yes. So yeah. He's somewhere He's all the town. time, that guy. He's uh yeah. He dated a girl for many years who works for Air Canada. So he's anywhere he wants to be. That's um, the sweetest gig in comedy. Oh yeah, he got that buddy, <laughs> he got that buddy pass and he's locked in forever. Uh, but uh, him and I started together. He actually invited me to my first open mic. He had started one week before me or two weeks before me uh, and uh, said, hey, man, I'm going to go check out this open mic comedy night. And uh, I, he said, you want to come? And I said, dude, I, I'm i obsessed with stand-up. I, I grew up in Hamilton and my dad, I'm, I, all roads usually lead back to my dad, but my dad, on top of being a professional wrestler, was also a comedic actor. And he, did, he was a guest star and did a day player on the TV show Bizarre in the in the 1980s with john biner and the start of super dave osborne all that stuff right, so, classic so my, i grew up in a comedy house i grew up in a, in a in a in a house where comedy network was on the tv all the time the only time it came off the tv was the six o'clock news and then it went immediately back to comedy you know it, it, when my dad struggled with his mental health and addiction problems the only thing that made my house kind of normal uh, was laughter so we were a big joking house. We were a big stand-up comedy house. So I grew up obsessed with stand-up, watching Comedy Club 54 and, and Just for Laughs and all the old tapings and stuff. So I, I wanted to be a stand-up at a very young age, but there was absolutely no avenue for me to take that in Hamilton. So when I was in Vancouver and uh, you know got there and Michael Moses invites me to this open mic comedy night, it was like a, it was like a access to a whole new world that I had no idea about how to get in. And so I went and watched the show and I'll never forget it. Simon King was headlining. Byron Bertram was also on the show. All these Vancouver oh, yeah. cats. Uh, Chris Gaskin and uh, Patrick Maliha. And they're all on the show and killing in this basement in Vancouver called Comedy at the Kingston. And uh, a guy running, the guy promoting and running the show was named Johnny Scoop. And I, after the show, I went up to Johnny Scoop and said, hey, man, my name's Eric Johnston. I'm a, I'm a comic from Hamilton. I just moved here to Vancouver just trying to get some stage time. And he goes, oh, you're a stand-up? I went, yeah. I'd never done stand-up before in my life, but for some <laughs> reason, I just came out of my mouth. And uh, and he, he said, who do you know? So I named some names that I knew from being an actor in Toronto and because a lot of the Toronto stand-ups were also doing commercial work and stuff. So I named some names I knew. And he said, okay, come back next week. You got seven minutes. 
So I had seven days to prepare seven minutes. And uh, I, so the thing is I had been a theater actor my entire life up to that point and a film and television actor. So the going on stage didn't scare me. Um, I was prepared to go on stage and mostly most comics, the first five years of their career is just getting comfortable being on stage where I walked up comfortable on stage. So my bullshit lie kind of paid off because Johnny Scoop's going like my first set, I went back and did it and I did very well because I wasn't afraid. Now I look at my standup, my, my material, it's awful, God, it's awful. Um, but it was an open mic. So I didn't look like a brand new comic. I looked like a kind of seasoned comedian trying a bunch of new shit uh, and it worked. And he said, okay, come back next week. Come back next week. Come back next week. That was November 1st. 2010 and i have not stopped since uh that's so 200 shows a year and all over north america and laugh factory and the comedy store open for russell peters open for sebastian maniscalco i've been on four or five national headlining tours and and that's it i haven't stopped even in the pandemic i didn't stop i did as many shows as i could so yeah i I heard you're doing backyard shows and Mm -hmm. and basement shows and stuff in the pandemic it's funny i kind of did the same thing like you could kind of fake it till you make it i remember like my first time i was very comfortable on stage i have a radio broadcasting background so like speaking to people and engaging at events is easy for me uh material was crap like yours but everybody just thought i was an outer towner just coming into town who had done it for a while and i kind of played up to that when people were like how long have you been doing it i would always just say a while like I would give <laughs> yeah. no timeline because I wanted yeah. to get booked. And, I, and if I said like three months, people are going to be like, oh, never mind. You know, yeah. this is, but so I, you know, you kind of like find your way around that stuff. Um, I like to do this fun thing on my show. I ask everybody it. I had Steph Tolev on Daniel mm-hmm. Woodrow, all these great comics. And I always ask them, um, most of them get it wrong. Some of them get it right, but you, you might know, do you know your first credit on IMDb? Oh my gosh. Uh, I think I did this awful <laughs> thing. I It's one of the, if I think of it, there's one called uh, The Greatest Celebrity of All Time. Oh, that's pretty deep in there. That's midway through. You have a few things before that. Oh, I was on, I did a couple episodes or I did a episode of The Border on ctv that was 2008 i believe i did a mm-hmm. couple a couple day playing guest starring roles on degrassi i think we're getting bored to the bottoms of the list here uh you're gonna have to tell me because i actually can't okay remember. so i got a, I got a few things here you're credited as being on owl tv in 1989 <laughs> so yeah, you no, would have been not uh, born yet i would have been not born yet so that's your first technical credit on IMDb. It. <laughs> it's never right, by the way. I've done this with everyone. It has never been correct. Um, you also uh, played a character called Jared in a horror movie called Leanne. Mm-hmm. That was last summer, two summers ago, yeah. Okay, there's no year on that. So it goes to the bottom of your list. <laughs> um, you did some work on the stunt work and stuff in that as well. But the first, I guess the first real credit is The Border. Uh, where you yeah. played a SWAT leader in 2008. So that's I'll, your first. I'll tell a very funny quick story about that. So I got cast uh, as the SWAT leader, the leader of the SWAT team. Uh, and there was a hostage situation in a park in Toronto. And the whole show, the border was a border security agent. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, criminals coming across the border into Canada or vice versa, whatever. CTV show. I get cast. I'm playing this thing. We shot four 
17 hours in downtown Toronto and this beautiful park. And my whole thing was I pulled up in this SUV. I jump. I run across the front of the SUV. I slide. I jump over this bush. I approach the hostage situation and I pull up my gun and I go, let her go. Get down on the ground. Let her go. Get down on the ground. And we filmed it. God, 70 times. I almost crashed the SUV at one point because I got so used to doing it that I forgot to put the car in park as I got out. Oh, my God. So I went to go yeah. jump out, and the car started to roll, and they had to yell, God, 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 car's still moving. Anyways, so I'm so excited. This is my first main role on TV, on CTV. I'm 19 mm -hmm. years old or 18 That was a big old. show. Huge. Yeah. yeah. And I know it's airing, and I have a watch party at my house with – all of my friends and family. This is my big breakout role. I'm going to be a Canadian celebrity. And my sequence on the show that we filmed is probably about a minute and a half. That would be on screen time. Uh, they cut it down to just me going uh, and just pulling my gun up and not saying anything. They <laughs> cut the whole jumping out of the car. They cut the whole jumping over the bush. They cut the whole approaching the hostage situation. They cut my line and they literally just showed me pulling the gun up and then they moved on to the next part. And all my friends, I probably had 20 friends over at the time and they just busted my balls. Oh yeah. Hours that day and for months after that. So I always say don't have a don't have an air party or a, you know a, a premiere party until you've seen the thing and know that you're actually in it. Uh, but I PBR it first. Yeah. yeah, PBR, watch it, rewind it, make sure your scenes are in the show, and then have a launch uh, premiere party because it could be real awkward and all your Stony Creek friends can make fun of you. <laughs> I uh, I had a similar thing this year. I was doing a, a CTV live show, one of those like cooking shows where the chef like cooks an amazing meal and says, my friends are coming over to eat it. And I was one of the friends coming over to eat the meal. Great. Um, I think we did like two or three episodes in one day. They're like, hey, Chad, you you know, I'm in episode eight, nine and ten or whatever. I sit down to watch eight episode eight. I am completely cut out of it. My hands were in it for about half a second. And then episode nine comes out. And I was like, let's see if I made the cut in this one. And now I know why I was cut out. I looked so miserable the entire time. I have a very like resting bitch face. Did not yes. smile once. I'm eating the best meal of my life and I could not <laughs> look like I was having a worse time. So I'm not an yeah. actor by any means. No, um, you rightfully got cut out of that thing. That's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I should have been gone. I'm uh, a star. I still can't figure out why I got cut out. Damn it. <laughs> uh, do you, did you ever try the obstacle course on splat a lot? Yes. So on the last day of filming, we shot 26 episodes that summer and it was crazy. Kids getting hurt every day. They never oh showed my God, that, I bet. I, I perforated a poor girl's eardrum by accident. She was like eight years, no, like 11 <laughs> years old. And we used to have these foam rubber balls that were soaked in goo and the goo was called methicil. It's like a, it's like an industrial lubricant and it shows the best on camera. Anyways, I, they used to go in these CO2 cannons and if there was a really good seal on the goo to the ball to the co2 cannon it would fire out like an actual bullet like it would go like thunk and fly and there was a girl running across the the bridge and i just went thunk and it just hit her right in the ball uh like the, the size of the ball hit her right on the ear and it perfect it created like a perfect seal and it perforated her eardrum 
Oh my there, god. Your drum started to like bleed. Anyways, they cut that whole contestant out of the show, and I think they gave her 150 bucks and told her to go home. Um, <laughs> but on the last day of filming, uh, we wrapped the final episode, and what they did was they got the entire crew and directors, producers, executive producers, camera ops, everybody, the entire crew, they played us with the CO2 cannons and the foam rubber balls and the and the squirt guns and whatever. And then the the defenders, we ran the obstacle course and they beat our ass. Like How'd we, you do? It, like, I made it to the end and I literally was climbing up the very last wall and James Elmer, who played Kook on the show, he's an Australian actor and dancer and TV presenter. He jumped off and grabbed me by my like my bathing suit and pulled me off the wall. And I fell back like 15 feet into the water, landed on my back. Oh, God, it was the worst. But it was so fun. It was the craziest summer job I've ever had. And uh, it was it's that show was fun. Like I picked up in like 160 countries around the world. Um, I was reading about it. Yeah. Big in the UK. BBC had it at, huge, at one point. Yeah, like, CBC, yeah, I got I got recognized in Cancun by a bunch of British teenagers uh, for being vain on Splatoon. Yeah. I was like, dude, yeah. people in Canada don't recognize me. And the BBC kids from the UK from watching it on the CBBC recognize me. So it's pretty That's crazy. Awesome. It's, it's really crazy. Yeah. Actually, um, wrestling, get... I was going to say wrestling connection on that. RJ City, who was my my co-star on the show, is now RJ City on AEW. And the oh, uh, wow. yeah, and he's a big yeah, yeah. wrestling guy. So yeah, that's I'll bring around those worlds back up to you. Maybe I know he's come watch. back and done Greek Town, I think too, like Greek Town yeah, wrestling. He Channing regularly Deck, Channing Decker and all those guys. Channing, yeah, sure. mm-hmm. yeah. We just had Homicide in, which was awesome uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, how'd you get involved with the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame? Uh, I kind of got into the job because I'm from Hamilton and I'm kind of the, the mm-hmm. without sounding too braggy, I'm the Hamilton comedian. Um, so there's a lot of great comics in Hamilton and from Hamilton, but I've really put uh, Hamilton on my back and on my forehead of I am Eric Johnston. I'm a comic from Hamilton, Ontario. Um, and so when the festival was coming to Hamilton, they kind of asked around and I'm doing some work with uh, Carmen's group and Carmen's group is involved uh, on the uh, on the production side of the uh, Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame coming to Hamilton. And uh, Mark McSporin kind of works for the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame, but also works for Carmen's group. So he just said, hey, if you were going to have any kind of big comedy show uh, in Hamilton, I would suggest having Eric involved. He knows all the people. He knows all the venues. He knows all the press. He knows how to promo. He knows how to, the, he knows what areas to do this, what, how to do this and how to do that. And he's got the relationships with this. So I kind of, kind of not stumbled into it. I was very, I had to fight for it. I had to, you know, I had to meet with the entire team and say, listen, I, I, I don't, I'm not here to take anything. I'm here to help. You know, I have a, my own career. I have my great career going. I'm not here to take anything from you. I just want to be involved. I, I think it's very important for me as a Hamilton comic uh, to have my my name and face attached to the biggest festival in comedy to ever come to Hamilton and be here for the next three years and also have a permanent home in Hamilton. So I uh, I had to uh, yeah I had to uh, I had to fight my for my right to party, uh, but I did, and now I'm I'm very happy. I sit on the host committee and and uh, we're bringing a lot of crazy crazy stuff to Hamilton. So I, I, I'm extremely excited. Very excited. Can't I? I cannot wait for it. Uh, and yeah, you're you're kind of the perfect guy to 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 bring the the Hall of Fame to the next level. I've been 
around here for coming up on 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 two years so i'm excited to see what what hamilton brings for the hall of fame why why is you just in a few words hamilton the perfect city for the canadian comedy hall of fame festival i just think it, like the, the slogan that we've kind of come up with with this festival is time to start laughing with hamilton not at hamilton Hamilton is a is a town that is kind of the punchline of every joke, just like Cornwall or Oshawa or or you know Hamilton. Um, but Hamilton has created some of the most talented people. I mean, obviously Martin Short, Eugene Levy are from the area, uh, from Hamilton, and and Jim Carrey's from Aldershot, which is not but a ten minute drive from Hamilton. Um, there's something in the water here that I think is very special, and I think it comes from multiple things. You said a few words, but I'll get I'll try to go through this quickly. Uh, it, it's an immigrant culture in the '70s and '80s. A lot of Croatians and Italians and Irish Catholic all kind of landed to work in Hamilton and work in the in the steel mills, and it created a very hardworking generation of people. But it created a bunch of ballbusters and a lot of hilarious guys. And some of the funniest people I know in the world are from Hamilton. They're not comics. They work at Stelco or DeFasco or they're in the trades. Uh, this is a city that if you're not funny, if you're telling a story and it's not killing, you're gonna someone's gonna interrupt you and you're not allowed to tell that story anymore. Uh, so that's the culture that we have. It's very funny, very ball busty, but very they really support the arts. And I think with the the growth of the city of Hamilton, downtown Hamilton, with new restaurants and bars and and the, the they're, they're putting millions and millions and millions of dollars into the new stadium and stuff. This is the new city of Hamilton, and I think that with that, it's the perfect opportunity for the festival. To come to Hamilton, so that's my answer. Not a few words, but words. Yeah, I've been rolling through there uh, quite a bit recently. Hamilton's city on the rise for sure, man. Yeah, it's sure. Uh, it's a gr it's a great city. Um, okay, who's the most famous comedian that you've performed with? Is it Sebastian? Probably Sebastian. Yeah, Russell's yeah. Out there too. Obviously, Russell's. Yeah, for sure. Russell's a huge internationally in the states. He's becoming a very big celebrity, but in terms of a North American star, I think it's Sebastian that I performed awesome. with and opened for him, and that was that was so great. It was one of those things where it was just before he became the Sebastian he is today. Like he was still mm -hmm. doing performing arts centers and small theaters and theaters, and this is before the, the arena comic that we know and love today. And I had an opportunity to open for him in Burlington, Ontario, to 800 people, which seems now crazy. 800 people that Sebastian was yeah. in front of. Uh, but 8,000 would be a small crowd yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Up in the, he's up in the 25,000 range. But um, anyways, it was 800 people, and I went out, and I actually wasn't billed to be on the show. I happened to be backstage. I was working with the promoter who was bringing Sebastian in, and I was part of the team that brought Sebastian in. And I introduced myself, and and what happened was is – Sebastian was coming in from Toronto and they closed the Gardner Expressway that day. They're doing massive construction. So he was late to the show and he was flustered. Now, you know, as a comic, I mean, I can, if I have to, but I don't like to walk in the building and then mm -hmm. go right on stage. So I welcome him in the back door. He gets out of a limousine that I sent for him that they took three hours for him to get to, to Burlington. Uh, he gets out and I'm talking to him, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, how are you involved? I go, well, I'm a stand-up comic myself, but I'm also part of the team that brought you here to Burlington. And he goes, you're a comic? And I go, yeah. He goes, you want to do some time? And I was like, sure. He goes, you Italian? And I'm not Italian, but I made a career off pretending to be Italian. I went, yeah, I'm Italian <laughs> on, my, on my mom's side. He's like, oh, okay. You want to do like 15? And I went, sure. And I was only like, mm -hmm six years into comedy at this point i was Crazy. ready i was i was definitely ready to do it that in that moment but i look back now i would have I, and i killed i went out and i killed so hard because i'm in my hometown 
I know mm. the Italian. It was all Italians. I grew up around Italians. So I just did my regular material, but with like a little bit of Italian swagger. Pizzazz. Yeah. Pizzazz. I put a little Parmesan on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like, it was like pop, 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 applause break, pop, 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 applause break. And Love even that. I, it was the first time I had performed in a theater that size. It was the first time I performed that many people in my life. And it was the first time I got an applause break all in one shot. There's actually a picture on my Facebook because I then introduced Sebastian. And uh, and I go, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sebastian Maniscalco. They go crazy. And there's a picture of Sebastian looking at me like, who the fuck is this kid? Like in a good <laughs> way. Like, I can't, yeah. who, this guy went out and killed for 15 and got applause breaks and now he's bringing me up. It's a really funny photo. It's on my uh, Facebook, but it's him shaking my hand like, who's this guy? You know, and then yeah, I love a couple, couple months later, I went down to Los Angeles at the comedy store and I walked in and I saw him and I said, hey, I, I go, Sebastian, I don't know if you remember me. And he goes, Burlington, Ontario, you killed. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I went in the back and cried a little bit. But yeah, it, 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 that yeah. was probably the biggest for sure. That's a great story. What's the best venue you've been in? Probably the comedy store. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to I mean, that's a pretty big one. I actually have a great, I have probably, I probably had one of the best sets of my life as a major comedy club at the Laugh Factory in Chicago. Uh, I, I, I got down, I went down there to do just one showcase set. And it's like a 12 to 15 minute set. And I went up and it was like, just throw a grenade into the audience. Like, I, 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 used to, I used to do this joke about the difference between girls blacking out and guys blacking out. And I did the joke. And for some reason, it was just the right amount of young people and old people, just the amount of people drinking mm -hmm. and not drinking. It just, boom. And I would literally, th thank you, good night. I got off the stage. You have to walk through the audience to get backstage, like to get back to the lobby. And the, at the people were standing up, hugging me, giving me high <laughs> fives. Like people from Chicago, I've never been there before. And people are hugging me in the aisle. So I walked into the back and Curtis, who's the manager of the Laugh Factory in Chicago, goes, hey, in Canada, you know what it means to be passed? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, you're now passed at the Laugh Factory in Chicago. You can come back here and do a show anytime you want. Amazing. Uh, and then that weekend I was scheduled to do one. He goes, when are you going home? I go, I was going to go home Sunday. He goes, change your flight. You're now on tomorrow early and late. You're on Sunday early and late. You're on Monday if you want to come, like, stay. So I ended up, I went down for one. I ended up doing, like, six shows at the Laugh Factory in Chicago and made That's friends awesome. with every Chicago comic. So now every time I go to Chicago, they're like, Johnston, your dad was the wrestler. Like, I these, <laughs> you know, all my highlights and my things. But, yeah, it's really cool. I uh, I love American crowds. I just went down New York City, I don't know, a month ago and just like rocked it. They were great. Like I did a, a club in Brooklyn. It was it was unbelievable. I, you're on the uh, host committee for the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame Festival. Uh, I know you probably don't have the list in front of you of who's in and who's out of the Hall of Fame right now. But in your eyes, growing up in Canada, being a TV kid like myself, who would you say is a Canadian comedy hall of famer who is your like must in into the hall of fame. Well, obviously, I mean, he's nominated this year and I hope he gets in. looks like, I mean, they're not, the voting's not done, but Jim Carrey for me is, is the biggest, mm -hmm. was my biggest comedy inspiration. The first time I ever went on stage, I, I was six years old and I did Ace Ventura impressions in front of my entire school and won 
the talent did show. you talk at your ass yeah uh, I, that- I went i went to go do that but it was a catholic school so they stopped me but i did the, <laughs> i did all kinds of schmogan i did all the ace yeah. ventura the mask i did every jim carrey then i did mike myers and austin powers or whatever it was my first time ever on stage i was in grade two so however you old seven eight so for me yeah. like jim carrey's the guy you know i i've been dreaming my entire life of meeting Jim Carrey and what I would possibly say to Jim Carrey when I met him to not like mark out and be very professional. I've met his sister Rita on multiple occasions and she's a big fan supporter of mine. So I think Jim Carrey, I mean, he's my guy. He's Canada's guy. He's the guy. He, for me, is one of the most influential comedians and stand-ups, obviously. His stand-up was always a very little different than what, what you and I do. Um, mm-hmm. but, but he was definitely, he is, and was and the biggest inspiration of my career and he's nominated this year. So I'd love to see Jim get in and I'd love to see him at the festival for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. His St. Bernard bit that he used yeah. to do that was on like, oh. I forget. <laughs> so great. Um, Eric, thanks so much. And thanks for being involved in the hall of fame and being a champion for Canadian comedy. Uh, I know when Tim talked to me about you coming on, he was really excited about it, and everybody is here. So yeah. uh, thanks, thanks a lot, and continued success, success in the future. Let's rock and roll, man. Such a great chat there with Eric Johnson, Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame Festival, coming to Hamilton, Ontario in 2024, and he's going to be just a massive part of that. He's done so much already in a short time with the Hall of Fame. So thank you to Eric for, for jumping on here with the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Don't forget, Eric Johnson, who, W-H-O, dot com. That's ericjohnsonwho.com. That's the website where you can go get tickets is Carmen Lives Presents An Evening with Eric Johnson and Friends. It's November 10th, so it's coming up real soon this Friday, right after this podcast drops. Uh, Still tickets available for that, so check it out. All right, that's it. That's the show. Thank you to Eric, and of course, thank you to the great Kevin Farley. KevinFarleyOfficial.com is where to get tickets for his stand-up dates. He has shows coming up in the next couple months in Maryland, Ohio, and Iowa. You're like, Chad, this is the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. Podcast. Why are you mentioning American states? Is because we got listeners all over the place in every all fifty states, every province, like a hundred countries around the world. This thing is huge. It's huge. Also, don't forget one more item before before I let you go and get out of here. November fourteenth, which is just a few days away, it's the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame presents. An evening with Derek Edwards. Derek Edwards and Kenny Robinson. I mean, if you haven't seen these guys, you have to. These are two of the best comics in Canada, not just today, of all time. They're going to be at the Comedy Bar in Toronto, November 14th. If you buy tickets right now at comedybar.ca for just $28 online, you get so much more. You get a lifetime membership to the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame with voting rights, discounts, and more. Plus, you get put in a draw to win a special coupon booklet worth over $200. You get that anyway. Sorry, you get that coupon booklet, but you get put in the draw to win two tickets to the Grey Cup, which is also in Hamilton. Just a huge year for Hamilton. It's I'm going to be an unbelievably, it's going to be an amazing show. An amazing show. I might be there. You might see me. Who knows? I'm going to be there. I'm definitely going to be there. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, big things are coming. I have big guests already booked for the next couple episodes. So, uh, stay tuned, follow us on social media. If you haven't liked and subscribed, do it right now. Spotify, Apple music, iHeartRadio, audible. 
in your on your mom's crank radio i don't know wherever you listen to this subscribe and like it for the canadian comedy hall of fame podcast i'm chad noonan